everybody. This is Kelly Dixon coming back at hey, everybody. you with the, <laughs> with the Breaking Bad Insider podcast. Um, wow. So uh, we're going to do episode 510 today, which is called Buried. Um, and I have a lot of special guests, but um, I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for continuing to listen. This is our second one out of the final eight. Um, really, really exciting. Um, the episode is called Buried. It was uh, written by Tom Schnauz, uh, directed by Michelle McLaren. And guess what? I have both Woo. of them here today. Tom Schnauz. Hello. And, and director Michelle McLaren. Hello, everyone. I also have uh, two very special guests. I've never had you guys in the room together before. It's going to be uh, trouble. Anna Gunn, who plays Skylar. Hello. And Betsy Brandt, who plays Marie. Yes, I do. Awesome. Oh, and also, last but not certainly not least, I have Vince Gilligan, creator of the show. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Gilligan. I almost forgot you. God, we bow down. Do you Save the best for last. I did. I did. <laughs> Okay, so um, we're going to start right in because there's a lot to cover in this episode. This episode, I just watched this a couple of days ago. Just to let everybody out there know, we are about two-thirds of the way done with our postseason. Um, we are uh, have just locked episode, uh, the fifth episode. I get the numbers confused. I guess they're number 513, the fifth episode in the, in the series of eight. Um, and uh, and so uh, we're jumping back in time a little bit to, to do the podcast for 510 today. Um, I'm so confused. What? I know, it really is it I really don't is understand confusing. numbers. I do this thing where I look like I'm paying attention, anything that involves numbers, and then I just wait for someone to tell me what it is. You are such a good actress. <laughs> I mean, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I Okay, do. but you know what? This Very episode good. starts, like, right, I mean, right at the, in, you know, minutes, not even minutes have gone by. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only time has gone by is for them to lift up the garage door, right? Right. You know, we left uh, Hank and, and Walt in a standstill, like, you know, a standoff, I guess, better word to say i will say the teaser is almost like a jump back in time oh yeah that's right that's right you're right T time has to... jumped back you're right thank you tom that's why you're here um tom and i have questions about that so we start basically with this old man coming out of his house at night and he finds a trail of stacked dollar you know stacked money basically like ten dollar ten thousand dollar increments mm -hmm. or something like that so, yes. you know, you guys want to talk about how you did that? Sure. We found Michael Davis, who used to be a Broadway singer and dancer, who played the old man. And uh, we shot that on one of the coldest nights in the history of shooting in Albuquerque. Oh, wow. Um, it was really, really, really chilly. And uh, there was a little bit of homage there to the X-Files, actually, because uh, Vince said, you know, when we were, when we were finding the locations, um, it was either you or Tom said, you know, it would be cool if we saw the car over a hill and with a blinker, was, was blinking, we couldn't see the car, and it was lighting up a monkey bars or something, and so you it almost looked like a spaceship. Yeah, I wrote, yeah. That, I wrote it in the script like a crash, as if a crash spaceship was over the over the landing. Yeah. Right, sorry. <laughs> I should read oh, that no. thing. <laughs> anyway, the script is brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, so we, so, but in Albuquerque, there's not a lot of hills, and it was challenging for us to, to find that location, actually. It's I think only we, the Sandia Mountains. Okay, hills. Those are, those are mountains. Those are mountains. Those are mountains. I'm talking in the city, hills, you can hide a car behind. Anyway. I got a question for you on that one when I just watched <laughs> it. It was really great, and you did one of your patented high, high shots that, uh, uh, was uh, I guess you guys had a you know crane or some kind of a we snorkel did. or something? You talk like about the straight down shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we we had a techno crane and uh, we actually our production our production designer Mark Freeborn created the playground there because that was just a park. I was gonna ask you because I didn't think any of those merry-go-rounds still existed because they're incredibly dangerous. No, and in <laughs> fact they they oh um, yeah way for our childhood, fun. but now you know for for nowadays kids. They have to have helmets and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, it's true. We <laughs> actually... Um, the yeah. Stupid yeah. nowadays, yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, they get caught underneath the thing and, you know, get, you know... Well, it is pretty it's called Darwinism. It is. It's like, you know, if they're too stupid, they get... Those things were fun. So where we, did you find Well, one? it was it was a broken down one that they found that they they fixed up. They okay. they they rebuilt it and they put put it down there. And, and then that's a techno crane that's looking straight down. And Andy um, Vogelai, our camera operator, did a really cool thing in one of the shots. The um, merry-go-round's going one way, but the camera's actually turning another mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And, yeah, it, and it creates it's a, a very, very cool shot. And it's cool great shot. because yeah. you've got the shadow also. You've lit the shadow, so the merry-go-round yeah. has it. And beautiful sound design by Nick Forshager yeah, and his crew. Merry -go -round. The, the squeaky squeak yeah, that it It's makes. wonderful. And then Dave Porter, our wonderful composer, took that sound and incorporated it in the end-titled music. 
which is which the end title cool. music, which you have to, uh, which you don't see, unfortunately, when it's on AMC air because they they put the commercials over the end titles. But or, if you yeah. if you get the oh, Blu-ray, that just makes me so angry. <laughs> but you'll see it later if you get it on iTunes or Blu-ray right. or whatever. Yeah, the end title music's great and always is. So then we jump to what I said before, where basically the garage door has just come up from the last episode, and Walt is rushing out to get in his car, and Hank's immediately on the phone, and they're both trying to get a hold of Skyler. Yeah. Because Walt is like, well, I'm not even going to go into it. You can go into it. Or you, Tom, can go into it. Um, I have one question, though, for you, Michelle, before we start that. Stunt driver or Brian Cranston? Because we all know Brian Cranston can drive. Both. Really? Both. Yes, we we do what uh, um, we do a little switcheroo, uh, but uh, we wanted to do the fast peel out of the um, driveway. Honestly, yeah. uh, we did that with Larry, um, our wonderful uh, stunt double for Walt. So then they race to get to Skylar. Walt's calling Skylar on the phone, but she he, she's not answering. And I'm talking about you. Skylar meets him in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and t- can you talk about uh, shooting that day and what ensues and. Yeah, it was... Because um, you had a tough thing to play, though. You had to basically play like you you didn't know anything with him just so you could figure out what he actually knew. Yeah, it was it was like a... It was, it was another one of those amazing scenes where um, we really get a chance in these scenes as actors to let things really unfold. And it was like a... It was like a card game because she was coming into it really not knowing what she was coming into. She knew that it was not good, but she didn't know to what extent that uh, the whole thing, you know, how bad it was or what he knew or anything like that. So she was walking in with a great deal of fear, um, but um, she really had to just sit and observe and watch very, very carefully to see what was going on. Um, and so when uh, when Hank started doing the talking and then she realized what was going on, then it became about formulating, okay, well, what do I do? What am I going to do with this? And so it was a brilliant scene to play because he had a very strong thing that he was trying to convince her of. And he's playing, you know, and he thinks that she's going to just say, okay, thank God you're here and I'm going to come with you and, and it's all over and, and thank God. And, and she, yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, okay, oh wait, hang on a second. He doesn't actually know. Okay. He doesn't know. He doesn't know my involvement. And the big change for me in the scene is when he mentions the cancer and this is the first time Skyler's hearing about. It. Oh, okay, yeah, this is that's the, right. This is the end game for Walt, and maybe I can ride this out. Yeah. So, do you think? Do either or both of you think that if the cancer hadn't come back, or that he hadn't mentioned it, she might have given it up there? Um, I I think it was a possibility. I think that the wheels, her wheels, were just turning so fast that there was a sense of okay, I could go any way here, and I'm not sure which way to go because he's giving her an out. He's mm-hmm. giving her an out. Mm-hmm. And she's been looking for an out, and she's at that point where it's she's so desperate. It's like, I, I, what do I do here? What do I do? Yeah. You know, and that, and of course, at the forefront of her mind always is, how do I keep these kids safe? How do I keep them safe? So if he's offering her something that will that will allow that, then she's gonna maybe take that. And there's a dual thing that I thought was going on there, which we talked about really specifically the three of us, which is the cancer is both awful for her but relieving at the same time it's a possible out yeah so why does she make the decision that to uh to stay with walt because she knows the cancer because i think that she feels that instead of giving it over and going through that shit storm as it were that 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 why don't we just let time take care of it and maybe that will be better than than entering into all this and you know and then I'm going to be I could be implicated I don't know if he's going to find out my involvement right. I think it's her I mean for me it seemed to me what, what, what I were think she's thoughts? feeling what Walt expresses <clears throat> expresses verbally later on in the act three when he says don't let me have done all this for nothing it's like they have both gone through so much yeah so much pain right and it's just like well maybe we can just can there still be can some good come from any of this and if I just ride this out Walt will die. We'll have our money. My kids will never know about 
what a dirtbag their father is yeah. and we'll just we'll just I think the money's important but I think I don't think I think that's like number 20 down the list yeah. Yeah. I think number one on yeah. the list being if I had to put it in other words would be what what is the point which is yeah. also something Walt says in in the episode before this one what would right. be the point Hank because because uh, I think if the most pragmatic character in the show in my mind is, is Skyler always has been and her thing is it seems to me is, is the way I see it is She's like, he's not in the business anymore. And now you tell me he's got cancer. He's not long for this world. He's not in the business anymore. Yeah. This is going to destroy the family. Yeah. What is the point of, uh, of, of, of doing this? Let, let it die when Walt dies. Yeah. Uh, my question also is, you know, maybe you and Tom can speak to this, Vince, is um, obviously you have to write something dramatic, but I'm curious about the thought of Skylar, um, like, uh, agreeing to meet Hank at that restaurant in the first place. When you guys were breaking the story, you know, how did it happen where you said, okay, instead of her maybe talking to Walt first, yeah. she's going to go ahead and meet up with Hank. Yeah. I mean, because what does she have to meet up with Hank about? I mean, she obviously knows that, you know, I mean, she may not have known about this confrontation at this point uh, between Walt and Hank, but she obviously knows I mean, why why would she meet up with Hank by himself? At this a was one of the hardest things we had to figure out this year, amongst a lot of hard things. Mm -hmm. And you probably have as good or better memory of it than I do. I just remember a lot of pain because the question <laughs> we had that we went back and forth on vis-a-vis -vis Skyler was she really could go either way, and you could make a very – and actually you could make a better argument on the face of it for her going to Hank yeah. and saying, all right, Hank, you know, thank you. I, I, I couldn't quite bring myself to do it. But now the floodgates are open, and now, yes, I will tell you everything, and he is a monster. And yeah. so we went back and forth, back and forth for probably weeks or months in aggregate, just thousands and thousands of hours spent discussing which way to Skyler mm -hmm. go. And, uh, man, it was tough. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I, mean, I, don't, was, I don't even remember why we chose the decision, why we made the decision we did. I mean, it just, I think it just felt sometimes you just have to go with the more dramatic decision yeah and go with her talking to hank but it just felt like once the yeah once the truth was out there once you know the fear through the whole series is oh my god hank's gonna find out and once he finds out it's like well it's over so skylar submits and i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna oh, go see him it's so but, it's not over but also, <laughs> yeah. but also right. well that's what she figures out in yeah. the scene is that yeah. wait a minute it's not over but, <laughs> I, but I, I do think too that there's 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 moments in that scene before you get to the cancer that anna did so brilliantly when she first walks in and he hugs her she's not expecting him to do that i mean for all she knows that she's going to walk in there and the cuffs are going to be slapped yeah, on she's going to be yelled at or, she's, or get yelled at or something uh and then she sits down they start talking and he hank starts describing uh what's going on with her as a victim and that walt's a monster yeah. and she then has another moment of yeah. okay hank he thinks no i'm a victim my, yeah, my involvement the depth yeah. of my involvement and so like you said the wheels are turning and then the cancer bomb is is dropped mm -hmm. and it's like Wow, you you there's there's some openings here of, of how I might be able to get through this and get out of it without being implicated and tied down by it. And I think also to, to, for for me, I think that the the moment when she gets the dual phone calls essentially, and she decides to go and meet him, she's been so racked with guilt that's been building and building and building, and she's got nobody to go to. She's had no outlet. There's been it's yeah. just been sort of building like a kettle that's got the, t mm -hmm. the 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 top on it you know so tightly and and I think that there is a sense of maybe maybe this will finally maybe finally this will be it maybe mm -hmm. this finally is going to be the you know the maybe this will finally be over and it's almost like she's got the two choices in her hand right there yeah. between the two phones yeah. and she certainly doesn't trust Walt anymore no. and there's I mean that's just so so complicated and they've turned the corner to the point where they're just you know she she has no idea what to do with that yeah. so this just looks it's almost like she she goes not even knowing quite why she's going yeah. Yeah. But she she has no other choice, yeah. and so she just goes. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's well that's, put. I, to me, that's exactly what it is. It's the, the the voice of authority. I mean, it is her brother-in-law, her goofy brother-in-law, who you know cooks the hot dogs and drinks the beer. But on the other hand, he's authority. He's a real cop, and he's uh, hey, he 
is a wonderful man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wonderful, wonderful man. Talking about her husband. How should be talking about her? Yeah, right. right. Uh, and he and you know if if he says it's over, and come talk to me, let's meet up. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's in, it's interesting. It we try to build these moments, and the, we, we these moments we always try to build them organically. We try to always first and foremost ask ourselves where the characters' heads are at. But this is one of the reasons this was, as I recall, so complex because Skylar really was on a tightrope, and she could have blown over to either side. And because it was so, I mean, there's a great deal of ambivalence, if I'm using that word right, in the sense of not ambivalence as in dispassion. She's very, you know, very connected and concerned with what's going to happen here. But it's, you know, I want to do the right thing, but I'm not sure what the right thing is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's uh, staying sitting pat, you know, staying mom, or if it is giving testimony against my husband, which feels wrong. Part of, I think, our decision because she could have gone either way we probably got a little inorganic too we got a little macro and said you know what at the end of the day what is going to be what is and we don't always do this you know you don't always we don't approach it this way but part of it when when you could go either way it's like what 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 do we want to see more who do whose side do we want to see her on there's a wealth of arguments to not be on Walt's side, and yet he's the protagonist of the show, and if his own wife betrays him, and I use that with big finger quotes because the truth is he's doing lousy, shitty things, you know, and he probably should be. He should be stopped. But on the other hand, do we want to see his own wife betray him, quote-unquote? So that's also interesting in the, this season is that, you know, we saw how horrible Walt got at the end of season 5A. Mm-hmm. And he is—he's out now. I mean, he's—he's mm-hmm. he's like <laughs> this. We could yeah. be. I mean, so we're having. We're having a hey, shut up. <laughs> I'll cross this table and I'll I'm so handle you. <laughs> <laughs> They're having a nice family picnic. Hank's taking a dump in the bathroom. It's like well, everything's great. Walt's the turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> There's one at every party, right, Tom? Well, let me. Hey, what are you saying? Let me. Nothing, dumpster. <laughs> Let's jump a, a little bit. Let's jump ahead because I want to make sure that I want. There's a great scene coming with the two of you ladies, but just to take care of a little housekeeping, um, uh, we see the big pile of money, the giant pile of money in this in the uh, uh, storage facility, and Huel and Kubi yeah. are in the storage facility. I haven't even seen that scene, and it's I'm just funny. laughing. I cannot wait it's to funny. see it. As we're recording this, uh, uh, neither Anna nor Betsy have seen this episode. Yeah, they yeah. haven't seen this episode And it yet. is awesome. It came but, out great. But we've got Huel looking at it going, and he, I just got to. What does he say? He just says, I, yeah. I, I just have I to just, or something, yeah. where he lays on the pile. I got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Kubi lays on the pile of money, and you have this great scene where the two of them are talking <laughs> You know, just while they're laying on the big giant pile of money. Um, That's one of those scenes I wish we could have played longer. Just there's yeah. always so yeah. much time. Let me ask you, well, it was, it was, it was, it was Schnauz, you were at, on the set for that. Did you go lay on the pile of money, too? I didn't lay on the pile of money. You didn't? No. I'm shocked. <laughs> he, he did I'm take shocked. a ship. Michelle, did you lay on the pile of money? Um, I lay on the pile of money when we were actually, we, we built the uh, pile of money back at the stage first. Uh-huh. Um, because I actually wanted to make sure the guys were able to lie down on the money. That's because that that's that's not Fine, uh, that's I a hard thing to do. I got naked when nobody was looking. And I rolled in the money. Okay. <laughs> but Kelly, um, I we shot okay. it. I, I wanted to shoot it like they were in bed. Of course. Right. Yeah. So that raking shot is like you know like a couple lying in bed. Of course. Um, I didn't let me lay ask on it because I was afraid of screwing it up. Because you know yeah. you, you get yeah. on there, you start piles of money start falling off, and then the or prop people to come in and restack yeah. it. Let me ask you this, though, too, because along the same lines, you basically had to use photographs. Our uh, production designers will take photographs of sets so they can recreate, and you guys had to recreate that pile of money, the storage area, everything, because it's not, I mean, you know, later. six months yeah. later, we went back to shoot it. Yeah. That's correct, yeah. So uh, is it exact? I mean, it's, it's exact, like exact yeah. to the... <laughs> so yeah, it's exact, exact as much as I could make Yeah, it. I mean, there's yeah. probably yeah. a little bit more money, maybe, you know, because, uh, but, oh, maybe not, no, actually. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's as exact as we could do it. Thank goodness that storage unit was still available. And maybe then, we, maybe we rented point. it. I think we might have hung on to it. Oh, that's a good point. And then um, um, how did you guys figure out how many barrels that it would actually fit in 
The props guy's dead. Oh, okay. Mark they, Hansen they, and yeah. his wonderful prop team, they, 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 they put literally a lot put of all the money they, into yeah. the barrels to see. I think it. at one point wow. they did. Well, by the way, that's that pile of money. It's not really that much money. Of there's course. A, there's a, there's a, uh, a plywood box underneath, and it's it's covered with money on all five sides, I guess, right? But it is. There's yeah. there's money that's plastered to it. I mean, it's, it's specially built. It was mm-hmm. actually quite expensive to do. And then yeah. there's fake piles of money loosely stacked on top and mm-hmm. and around it but the money that's that's wrapped in the plastic underneath is is actually plastered on there Plast- or yeah. tape you know paste it on there or whatever yeah. and you got to rent that from LA and truck it in and it's like a big deal cuz it, it it you look at it closely it does not look you know pretty quickly when you look at it it's not real that's why we try to be careful how we shoot it but it's but it's it's a big deal the the the, uh treasury department uh does not uh, look kindly on 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 fake money that looks real believe it or not so and yeah it's it's expensive (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so these guys like pile it up and because they figure they they say they actually give us a little bit of a mini recap where they say he had you know 10 guys killed in prison inside of two minutes yeah so that, you know, QB's reminding Huell that maybe it's not a good idea. And for some reason, he knows yeah. how much money is here. Let's not, you know, let's not uh, take any of this money. Mexico. You, yeah, you also have a Mexico. scene where. You also have a scene where Saul is kind of taking it upon himself to suggest to Walt to maybe we should get rid of Hank. Maybe he should go to Belize, yeah. is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> where did you come up with that? I love that. that Belize. Was, it was in the room. I mean, it was. Was it? We talk, yeah, it just came up. And that was something that made it onto the board and then got taken off and i was like fuck it i'm gonna write it anyway just let i'll, I'll let really yeah oh, wow. and vince and didn't I, catch I, it I, I, no he, he caught it, it. Oh. i just i said i actually pointed out i said i told him i left the police stuff, i put the police stuff back in if you don't like it we'll cut it and and at first i said i think we should cut it but i i don't remember why now i said that because it's great i mean it, it wasn't it was i thought I think I, I remember saying something along the lines of, do you, do you really think he'd float that idea? Not not about Belize or whatever, but mm-hmm. about killing Hank. It, it seemed like a bridge too far. To me, it was, I mean, the very first episode I wrote for Breaking Bad, Saul is suggesting killing Jesse. I mean, we, he's talking about That's true. we have options. So for me, Saul yeah. bringing it up, especially as he says, you know, how it worked so well in Walt's recent past. Yeah, I love that. That's, <laughs> I think, my favorite. I love all those lines. That's my favorite. It's an option that's worked well for you in the recent past. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. So then QB and, and oh, we get to see, is this the first time we've seen the back door of of Saul's office there? It's like I've been looking at that office for, you know, for five seasons and I'm like, holy cow, there was actually a door there. I never knew where it went. Well, the door was always there, but we've never seen it open before. Yeah, so now... Um, we've got. Uh, they had the to build door. a return behind it because it, it we'd never opened it before. There was nothing out there, and then they, uh, Mark Freeborn and W. Gilpin had to build, build some kind of hallway, return yeah. out there. That's yeah. not really the back door of Saul's building because Saul's building got uh, changed into a bar. So it's, it's a you can yeah, yeah exactly the, it's it's got a mechanical bull it's one of these bars like That's some urban cowboy right bar with exactly a bull in it now yeah. so what we did is we had to find um uh, a back alley that looked like it could be the back of his building and then our wonderful art department put the statue of liberty yeah, on the on the roof of this yeah. and then as vince said we had to put a return it's inside a that door because it was was it a nail salon or a restaurant i think it was a restaurant something like that so the guys are actually stepping out of a a restaurant uh, into oh, the was? alley. I never I visited. So. But I tell you that inflatable Statue of Liberty ties it all together. That's it did, great. Yeah. It yeah. did it in that in Adam Bernstein's episode way back when we had it. Yeah, we had it in view when 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 uh, it was, was it well, yeah. was a five hundred one right? Yeah, five hundred one. He's on the payphone. That was yet again in a whole other part of town. When we introduced Huel. Yeah. Yeah. And that was on top of a like a like a uh, Firestone tire company or something. That time. Yeah, that was over yeah. in Central. We, we've, we've shot is that Saul's place that, in so many different places. Is that yeah. something that's rented, or do we own that? I mean, that Statue of Liberty. That's was that good built for us? I question. We I think we, I, think we I, I don't know. Oh, okay. That's a really good question. <laughs> it just always appears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our, our folks, uh, set deck folks, and, and all those guys, every department makes it look easy. You just say you want something, and then they – there's all kinds of secret storm and drong, you know, behind the scenes, and but we never hear, seldom hear about it because they're so good. Well, and but that's not an easy thing to set up because no. that thing's tied down. There's a compressor up there that goes constantly to keep the the air, you know, inside of it, and there's wires and, that come off. It's and like if it's high winds, we can't shoot it. It's like yeah. a Macy's balloon up there. Yeah, or something. oh, it's huge. Um, so 
now you guys decided to basically take our story back to its roots and go out to the same location that you shot the pilot in. Right. Um, and that would be apropos because Walt knows that location from when you were first cooking meth and the RV, those good old days. Yeah. Um, um, and actually, so how long, I mean, that's a, that's a trek out there. It's on, what is it, on Indian land? It's on Indian reservation, right? It is. It is. It's about 45 minutes from the studio, 45 minutes to an hour, I yeah. guess, from the studio. But, but the interesting thing was um, for us is we went out, we knew we were going to shoot in Tajali, and, and Vince was out there scouting with us. That's the name we of the place, That's right? That's it's the, the name of the, the reservation. Right. Yeah, they're wonderful people out there who've been very uh, welcoming, welcoming to us for many years now. Yeah, they, they're, they're fantastic. But we weren't necessarily going to shoot in that spot at first. We scouted a bunch of different yeah. uh, locations, um, which we we had to come up with code names for because we couldn't, uh, There was there's no street names or anything like that yeah. out there, and there's different areas. And then ultimately decided that, that uh, where you guys shot the pilot was the most yeah. gorgeous spot. And, and like you said, Kelly, it was fun to go back to the roots yeah it was great to to see that again yeah. and what? be out there and see more of it because the yeah. you know mm -hmm. this episode we get to see way more of of it than we ever got to see in the pilot you do what, what do we call it there was the amazing place the awesome there was oh. awesome place and awesome. awesomer place awesome place we had magic place. tree and uh yeah we weren't we weren't getting high out there we, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got high well, before you just went so out. just so people <laughs> know our whole season involved. <laughs> Our basically whole season five has been under a shroud of protection this whole time. I mean, we are, our scripts are not named Breaking Bad. Our vendors, when they do all of our, all of our, uh, 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 processing of our film is not, I've been pretty you know, called blogging. Breaking Bad, and <laughs> you know we've we've Are been we living. To tell? We've <laughs> been living under oh, a shroud of, of secrecy <laughs> and code names this year. You and I talk about it when we're out. Just very so loudly. you know, really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm so sorry. We change our ways. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so so Walt gets out there, and you guys, you shot. Um, I'm sure that I've only seen the the finished episode, so I'm sure there's plenty of footage that I didn't see. But basically, Walt saying, got really? out there. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm saying that you you have all these great. That you have a, a series of time passing, right? You have we a series did. of time passing where Walt has dug this hole. I'm oh, sure yeah. you had like. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's you out mean there a, with a, a shovel. A little, like, metaphorically, dig the hole or really dug a hole. Did he really dig the hole? He's well, a method actor. He's I mean, really he does like to do. Hole. I was going to say, did you have a, a bulldozer to because there? he wanted to dig the and hole? And wait, <laughs> did he keep his pants on or did he do it in his tidy whities Because he was back at that location and he just he, he just couldn't help himself. You, you got to let Cranston be. Who Cranston exactly, be? Exactly. You got to let Brian be Brian. Um, actually, it was it was a logistical challenge that I was so impressed with how the art department uh, executed it because we did go out there and we have to of course start with no hole. Then we have this montage of different stages of him digging the hole at different levels and different times of the day and, and night. And he only has a shovel. So and he has a shovel know, and a pickaxe. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. We give him a pickaxe. But it's only him. Oh. And there's seven <laughs> barrels worth of money exactly, to do. I mean, exactly. That's a big-ass hole. So <laughs> then we had to see the, 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 big completely, <laughs> the, the completed <laughs> hole. So we did have a bulldozer out there. Yeah. A back, excuse me. A back. We had a backhoe out there. And we had everything. So we what they did is they pre-dug the hole and then they put soft dirt back in because of course we also didn't want Brian to hurt himself when he was throwing a pickaxe and <laughs> shoveling and, and whatnot. He worked so hard that day. And so then he would, uh, the guys manually dug out the first little bit. I mean, Brian broke the ground and then they manually dug out the first bit and then the backhoe would come in mm -hmm. and Dig, more. dig the the big stuff, and then out. you gotta. And then Brian muscled those uh, those uh, barrels. He did because you can't. What happens is if we, we, you know an actor's moving those things around, if there's not weight in it, they'll wobble. And yeah. when he drops it in the hole, we, we we had a little bit lighter at first, and it bounced. It looked horrible. So Brian, <laughs> bless his heart, we we loaded it up with sandbags, and it was really heavy. Oh he was God. struggling. Yeah. He I can't imagine how sore he was at the end of that day. That was shot all in one day. And you're right, Kelly. A lot of it didn't make it into the episode because you know there's only so much length. Yeah. 
we can and time we have and um and it was you know he worked very hard did a great job 55 gallon drum weighs about 450 pounds when it's full of liquid that's it that this thing well, depends yeah, on how much like liquid four, though right I mean, well this is depends paper on what but, kind of liquid but these I things think, weigh like if they were full they'd weigh like i think we put what 80 each. 90 pounds in there or something wow. or they were I bet you pretty put heavy more than that. you think so oh, yeah, yeah it was did. they were yeah, he looks like he's like muscling those things yeah exactly let me ask you this though too because um i mean even watching the episodes and i know uh, what time of year you were shooting? I mean, we didn't. We started shooting in December before Christmas this year. Um, you were shooting that episode probably in what the first part first of January. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's you know 100 degrees out there, but it obviously was not. It was so unbelievably cold. I and Brian had to take had to have bare hands. You know, when, once he after finished digging, but when he was doing the other stuff, loading the barrels and everything, and it was so cold. It was a time type of cold when you took your gloves off. You thought your hands were going to freeze, and we actually had a whole discussion about because we wanted to make it look super hot during the day, but we knew when we got to the night stuff, you'd see breath, and so we had this huge discussion about are we going to oh, play right. How did the you do heat? It? Well, we just decided ultimately that. Um, <clears throat> when we get out there, we thought if you can see the breath during the day, then we'll play it that it's cold all the time. But if you can't see the breath, right. which we couldn't during the day, we'd, we'd go with the idea that it's the desert. It's the desert, yeah. yeah. And yeah, during the day, it can be super hot, and at night, it can get and super it, cold. And it absolutely can. It the, the, and, yeah. you know, the extremes are crazy. Coming out. into yeah. the episode, like, you know, fresh, like I just watched the finished episode, and it looks great. I mean, you can't – I don't think you notice at all. And I was totally – I had to remind myself – that it was freezing cold in January out there because mm-hmm. it really does look like it's it's a hundred you know hundred plus degrees know, out there. Right. Oh, yeah, that's then glad to hear that. And, and you then, did a great job directing, and Arthur Albert shot it. He did, and did a Arthur, great yeah. job shooting it. He did. He did a wonderful job, and and uh, when that night shot, that big huge wide night shot. Um, we can see a little bit of the hills in the background, so we did have a big light back there. But most of that scene was lit by the headlights of the car, and wow. I and I love that. That's and I love great. that that uh, you you can't tell that there's you know some not 12K augmented or with 18K yeah, or whatever. Like, like really with the headlights, not the augmented desert. with something. Well, he had because you, you wanted to light up the well, yeah, he had a little a big bit of the mountains, a, a yeah. snorkel lift or something. Right, but yeah. but down on the ground that on that wide shot, no, he did he lit that with that with the headlights. And, and but didn't augment them with some. They didn't boost them uh, like. Uh, we like boost, uh, Steve Latecki didn't boost them with something. We or, did a little bit when we got into the GPS stuff yeah. and everything, but you know wow. we really talked about making it look like because there was also a progression at night too. So uh, it was early night and then it was late night, and this mm-hmm. was supposed to be deep, deep into the night, and so there's not necessarily a lot of moonlight, and we wanted it to just be the headlights and and really dark. And Arthur, that's it. That's a really Arthur gutsy thing to do. Job. Arthur Albert, by the way, is a, is an old friend of uh, Michael Slovis, mm-hmm. our wonderful full-time dp and michael obviously shot uh, the bulk of this season but was unable to shoot this one because he was prepping to direct uh, the, the next, next episode right. which we'll talk about on the next podcast right. but so he was prepping that week the director has to spend the whole mm-hmm. period of, of the shoot of the prior shoot prepping and going out and finding locations and getting ready so arthur came in and subbed and shot this episode and the following episode that michael directed mm-hmm. and arthur's a great guy did a he's great job he was wonderful and and uh and he did uh, a few episodes for us, and he's yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump out of chronology of the episode right now and stay with um, what we're talking about just for this part about the GPS, um, because I I had forgotten about the GPS when I watched the episode after you know reading it months ago. Um, talk to you know maybe you and Tom could talk about what you guys decided or how you guys decided because I thought what the hell are they doing? And then I thought, oh, how ingenious, basically taking a GPS, you know, and making sure that there is absolutely no trace whatsoever at all. How did you guys, was it something that you guys have been tossing around for a while or what did you guys, de- how did you guys decide? And those those coordinates, are they real? Uh, you know, funny. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure this, so, uh, the, our fans <laughs> are so uh, smart and, and active that someone has probably, by the time they hear this podcast, someone has already, look these coordinates up and they are the coordinates of uh, q studios that's true because i was going to oh, say yeah. is there any like geocaching oh, treasure well, out at those with the treasure but the treasure is q exactly. you could have done like an extra thing where you actually put some geocache treasure well, you know little what? barrel no, out there right. because we were fine. on private property we were on on uh, we know, thought about it we but, did but oh, then we thought yeah. then we thought you know what these 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 good folks out of tahajali we don't need 
people descending on their on their private land, you know, yeah. looking for. So we so we did not use the real coordinates. We oh, thought yeah, about it. Time, and we thought we that thought was it would be fun. Bad time capsule. We and thought about that. Yeah. You know what? Back in the when I was a kid in magazines, uh, they used to have Canadian Club the whiskey used to have this series. Do you guys remember these? They used to have a series of uh, ads in magazines where they would bury a case of Canadian Club, and then they would give. This was before. Uh, GPS and and geosynchronous satellites and all that, or maybe the military had them. But but you had to go by these uh, directions they gave. They gave you like a treasure map, and then you. And I don't know. I wonder if uh, any of them are still out there. But that was thinking that'd be fun if we could do something like that. But but you For can't. For Vince's birthday this year, we are going to bury a case of Canadian Club. <laughs> case of whistle and give him the coordinates. And give him the coordinates. <laughs> and have him go find our, it. Our yeah. locations yeah. department Dipple, does a version of this. They, the Christian and the guys in the locations they do a version. Yeah, of this. it's like geocaching. Yeah. is from what I've heard, I don't know what it is, but I have friends who do it. I'd, and they they find little treasures around. I'd love the town to do that, except we there's so many liability issues. You can't you can't. I I'm surprised they got away with it. Canadian Club back in the day. There's so many liability issues now. But use yeah. that as an excuse Strong to break into people's houses. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I followed the coordinates wrong. And well, I, what about that dude? Where's my thought, Canadian oh, Club? What about that dude that just got arrested in Albuquerque for trying to dig up the key to the set? Yeah. That was weird. Honest to God, this really happened. There's some meth head. The key to Breaking Bad. The key to Breaking Bad. Some no. some meth head was like scratching around rich, with a rake though. in somebody's backyard in Albuquerque, and no. he said he was with Breaking Bad, and he needed to find the key to the set. No. Seriously? Tom, what were you doing out there? I don't know. Tom. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I left my key there. So what? how did you guys, what did you guys think about the GPS? Was it something that you guys were floating for a while as far as like getting a gps and then just cracking it yeah and i mean we had to, walt had to remember where he buried it i think the more interesting i did us was the lottery ticket about yeah. using it using it as a uh, sort of edgar Allan poish kind of so hide, hide in plain sight kind of thing my next question is has anybody played those numbers you, anyone's welcome to if they want <laughs> you guys didn't try and play them we're no, working here <laughs> really? when am i gonna do that <laughs> You know, I don't know, anyone who wants to play them, they're certainly welcome do to. Do we have that kind of power to win the lottery? <laughs> Man, if I Because did, if we I do, I think we've got it. our next show, Vince. <laughs> um, so I just wanted, uh, Michelle, you can talk a little bit about um, about getting that lottery, I mean that lottery ticket, about getting that GPS shot because you've got the above, I mean, the camera underneath That the was GPS an awesome numbers. shot. Yeah. How'd okay. you do that? I never did ask you. That we, was an awesome shot. We did this shot in one take because, believe it or not, we did it out in the back of the stage um, looking straight up. And we so put not a, in Tahajali. Not in Tahajali. We, we put a piece of plexi over the camera in the back of the stage, and it was colder that night than it was in Tahajali. And we all came outside. They got the camera ready and everything, and, and Brian came out. And uh, and we had rehearsed the the timing, and we did it, and we all looked at each other and went, "That was great!" And cut, print, and How let's get back inside where it's warm. What was actually built though? Because you've got numbers under uh, on. What the we did is we we um, we took a uh, the props department took a piece of um, plexi and then we put a piece of uh, filament with the numbers that had been printed okay. over top. And what they did was they got a uh, they did a number of different sizes so we could look at it because it, you have to really look at something like that with the lens to see what size yeah. you're you're going to do. And um, we wanted to be able to read the numbers and see Walt's face and get the rack and everything. And I wanted mm-hmm. the numbers to fill the frame, but but still be able to see Walt behind How it and understand. How big was it? Because I couldn't get any sense of it. It was very um, well It done. wasn't that big. I mean, it was probably like, like this. Eight inches like Eight, eight, eight inches. Yeah, something. like yeah. eight by four or something. And, okay. and, uh, and then, of course, the numbers were inside of that. And, uh, and I thought I was really happy with it. it worked really well. And I, and I I thought it would be really fun to have that transition, you know, where you smash the rock and then put the um, – the yeah. magnet on the fridge and you know, it's funny because you you come up with these transitions but they don't necessarily always work or you know you don't necessarily use them or something and i i was really that's a great happy one. that we did that one actually would, well team effort i mean it was a combination of everybody Take some credit you did great and forgive me because awesome. i Take some credit. basically <laughs> that that jumps walt no it does that no no there's a time there's a time cut in between right there's a time is there a time cut? Well, that's the time cut that is back the time yeah the magnet the lottery okay, yeah. ticket with the magnet because yeah. so right before that scene we have the scene that these two lovely women are in um and before you guys start to talk about this scene i wanted to ask you um about you guys have not had very many scenes together right 
during the course of the five we seasons that we've done. That's some. Yeah. We've had some. Now that that Skylar's over on the dark side, we have <laughs> less. But I mean but I mean like, you <laughs> know, relative to Walt now. and Jesse, you guys have not had as many scenes. But you have True. to have um this like sisterhood, this you know, feeling that you guys have given us wonderfully through the whole time of being sisters growing up together, you know, being close. And so how did you guys, did you guys talk together? Did you guys work to maintain that? Because in this scene, basically, this is the scene that drives you absolutely apart coming up, right? So can you it's talk so a little sad. bit about I'm what was crying. the prep? I'm sorry what we is did. it? We did. We, we <laughs> cried. We did. Um, what is crying. the prep that you guys? Yeah, can you talk a little like bit about that? I feel like we had that in the pilot. Me too. Like it just was just easy yeah. and just like it was just easy yeah. and just worked. I just felt like I just felt like we had that. We just we. I remember that Brian um, arranged a lunch for the cast before we even came out to shoot the pilot, and we all got together and sat down and had lunch and. And I think it was a great relief to all of us. We sat down and started talking and liked each other immediately and started yeah. laughing. And the chemistry was great between all of us. And Dean, and too? Even Dean. <laughs> even Dean. He didn't swear too loudly in the restaurant. I was just going to say, remember, he, I said, remember that lunch? You hardly swore, if at all. I and know. now it's. It. Yeah. He saved we it. didn't know each other that well. You know, it was, yeah. it was funny. I know. Yeah. Doesn't that seem like. Seems, but I remember that ago. lunch very clearly. Oh, and me then, too. And then Where we just it? started oh, talking. Uh, At Pino, Hollywood, yeah. in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Which said doesn't exist anymore. That was a good place. Yeah, we, yeah. and Brian yeah. put it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I got there first, and Brian was already there. And um, and I said, well, you know, it looks good. The odds are good for us that the show will go. And he said, yeah, they have, um, AMC has one other show. It's already in the can. And, and I said, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. What a dumb idea for a show. This, <laughs> this advertising. And, I mean, I went on and on about how, ter- like, who, to the point that Brian said, it's not in any sort of competition with us. And I said, oh, because I think I would probably watch that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will forever be a true that show, for our show. Just to remind people, was Mad Men. <laughs> a little show called Mad Men. Mad Men. But um, we just got on, you know, we got on right away. And, I mean, we, and we spent time talking, you know, during, I remember, you know, during the filming of the pilot, we took that little we took a little bus or little shuttle ride oh, out yeah. to that restaurant in Corrales. Remember from the Casa Vieja, yeah. which is also not there anymore. And you guys both have kids. We have kids, and we we just talked, and we have friends in common, yeah. and so we just we just started. You know, we just built a relationship right away that. But when, and, but especially like once we started doing the the scene where we're wrapping up yeah. the stuff, in the which was really yeah. fun. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, like it just felt so good. Like it just—it felt like we'd worked together for a long time, even yeah. though we hadn't. Yeah, it was okay, really cool. easy, natural. So when you guys read this scene, I mean, what kind of what did you guys rehearse? I mean, it was directed. Michelle, did you guys do? We did. We, we did, did something we never actually have time to do, or rarely have time to do on Breaking Bad. We rehearsed, and um, the the scene fell on the first day after the Christmas holiday, and but we were all flying back the day before because that's what you need to do to get to Albuquerque and uh, so we uh, kindly the ladies flew in the morning we all flew in the morning of and we rehearsed that afternoon and I think that was a huge huge help for us yeah. it was what took the most rehearsal the, the scene on the bed or the scene with the baby are you, are you, you talking about all of it together you yeah we were we rehearsed the whole thing yeah, yeah. yeah. Which makes I was so to, yeah. freaked out I, I, I probably said something I was so nervous about the baby like I just felt like my head just kind of was like ah, yeah. inside like I was so nervous about what was going to happen when it we shot tricky. it with the baby it was, it was I was too. even when yeah. we were using yeah. the doll in rehearsal I was just like oh my god like I was just well, just and just just to explain very quickly, Kelly, what we did is because obviously we don't want to be yelling and screaming in front of a real baby. Is we had a fake baby built that to the, to the same size operated as, by seventeen puppeteers. <laughs> no puppeteers long, long were involved. Lines Although Tom Snuff can do it by himself in a pinch. <laughs> um, and so what we did was uh, um, Anna and Betsy did the scene with a, a, a fake baby. And um, where they could really yell and scream and, and not hold back. And then we brought in the real babies. We they had twins. So what Anna and Betsy brilliantly did was when we brought the real baby in, they still looked like they were yelling loudly, but their voices were, were down a level so that we didn't necessarily 
scare the that child. That was tricky for y'all. It was it, really it, it, tricky. It came, out, it came out great, by the way. You, you two ladies have not seen it yet. It came out great. It came out great. And yeah. I have to give a shout out to the assistant editor, Sharon and William Sotelo, who worked so tirelessly and very hard to get all of the baby cries in and, not, and get Michelle's voice out. <laughs> um, it that, was challenging. There, we had this episode. I also have to say yeah. was uh, was edited by Skip McDonald. Did a great job. But Sheridan, I rem- I was working next door. In fact, I was working. My office is between the two of them. Oh, that's right. So, so I'm listening to the baby cry on both like ends of my. Yeah. 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 But mm-hmm. uh, but um, it was an amazing scene. But before we jump to that scene, I really want to talk to you guys about the slap scene because I had to watch that like three times. I'm like, wow. I mean, no, you didn't have to. You just awesome. watched it again and again because you were like, that's great. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, scene. wow. And I was like, whoa, let me roll that back. Wow. It, it looks was, really it was fantastic. Real. It looks real. Yeah. Um, it looks, I mean, just the emotion that is going on right, even as you slap her, but right before, it's just, it's incredible. Can you guys talk a little bit about prep for that or was it easy it was easy wasn't it i have to say for the slap it was i was great so, we had a good time. i was so <laughs> michelle was like we're done and i said we're not we just kept going and she just kept wailing on me <laughs> i really did um i don't know if i said this to you even after we finished but um Sometimes when it's so tense, I just have to make jokes or I feel like I combust. And I'm sure that's something I need to see someone about, but you can make a good living that way, I guess. Um, but in my mind, I was like, I wanted to slap you and then have you slap me and then I slap no, you, you did again say that. and you slap me and then we just and make we, out. And we didn't, yeah, you did say that. And we, and we were out Can of we the scene that by that point. We were at, yeah, ready? Okay. Vince and I will do it first. <laughs> Okay. Just that I'm no, you said that. You're my we were sister. You're my mother. You're my sister. It. But I try to. I try to respect other actors and how they work. Yes, I do. And, um, and so I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even say. But I was so relieved that we did not do a, a contact mm-hmm. slap because I, like, I felt like I could really haul off because I wasn't really hitting her. Or am I supposed to say that we did really hit? Is it was that ruining it for yeah, the fans? We, we've talked to lawyers amazing. and we're allowed to tell the truth that you okay. really did yeah. hit her. <laughs> so that you don't even no. touch her. It no. really looks uh, real. It look and real. I have to it say, really you were, and your neck was bothering you. Well, I have a herniated disc in my neck, so which you know. now you probably have two. I have after two. That scene. I have two. <laughs> um, no, I mean Al, Al Godo, our you know our wonderful um, stunt coordinator, came in and talked to me a couple days before and said showed me some video of what they had put together and said so here are the two options the contact slap or the non-contact he showed me the two two and I went I went "Uh uh-huh yeah let's go with option two (laughs) the non-contact yeah we would never have done no 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 but I mean he just said he just wanted to show me and he knows that I like to I mean I like to do whatever looks most real but we're Betsy and I have both done a lot of theater and stage combat and we both know how to do those yeah. things and make it look real. And really so well, the, the, it the great real. thing, the interesting thing was is, uh, when we looked at that is that non-contact looked better than the contact because when you do a contact, you're going to hold back. You hold there's back. there's, yeah. there's yeah. no way, you know, and, and yeah. Anna and Betsy did such perfect timing and you put the camera, you know, in, in the position that we did and it you, you can't tell. When we were watching it and you did it, I thought, oh my God. You know, I thought there was contact, so you guys did great. But you, it, it's timing. You had to whip your head at the right time that you slapped. Right. And we thankfully didn't have to do many takes. Can, yeah. can you talk a little bit, um, Anna, about um, just what Skylar's going through at this point? Because can you? Or you don't want to, huh? No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's like, like Bessie says, it was just that day was so sort of eviscerating because I think for, for Skylar, it's, this is, this is, the most important person in her life yeah. besides her children and and for her sister to to know that her sister f- feels betrayed and Skylar knows that she and has she's betrayed doing her. it she's doing it and she's made a decision she, she and she knows that this is this is where the actions she's she is aware Skylar is aware that she has gone down these paths that are wrong and she's aware that the things that she's done are that she's lost in a lot of ways and it's coming to a head and she's looking at the person that she cares about more than anybody again besides her children 
and it's and it's it's the day of reckoning and and it's really it's awful and um and she cannot say anything and i think that was what was so brilliant again about the scene is that she wants so badly to tell her but she can't tell her she can't tell her so that's the mo- that was what was so brilliant about the the construct of the scene i thought was that she just can't she wants she's wanted so long to tell her and she can't and she can't so she just has to sit there and take it and it was just awful yeah (laughs) i mean amazing to play but awful exactly like i just kept saying that i'm like this is so sad i know like it was just so sad because i love that these two like you know, it's like no matter what you do or no matter what I do, and I don't agree with you, but but they're there for each other. And they had that, which is honestly, I have to tell you, like in the show, I feel so lucky to have this relationship yeah. and my relationship with Hank. Yeah. And then I kept saying it was just so sad because um, that's done now. Yeah. That was done. Mm-hmm. Like that day, it ended and. Marie, you know, when when she hit Skylar, it was like there's just there weren't words like that. It's unforgivable. Yeah. That's it. Like that's she would, you know, just n- now my sister, whom I love so much, dead to me. Yeah. And it just gets worse. And to as know, the goes and to on. know that when Skylar knows that that when when you ask the question did about Hank, and I think and I know Skylar before can't. before you answer, yeah. I knew, but I just was like, please don't. Yeah. And Don't give me that answer. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was so, so sad. It yeah. was just, it broke my heart. Yeah. It just broke my heart. I wish you two had brought this emotion to the scene. <laughs> <laughs> You're so bad, Tom. You know, Tom. Uh, the people at home listening to this, they can't see this. Two they, I'm sure they can, they can hear. <laughs> we, I'm sure you guys. But Anna and I went out the night I'm before. Really yeah, we were really uncomfortable. We were just tired. phoning it in. Yeah. I was like, let's pull the Cranston and just phone it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys at, at home can probably hear in their voices. We're actually sitting in awe of these two incredible actresses who are really really crying as you know as friends and you guys are crying as but I knew that. as honest women this is not acting that you guys are doing and we're all enthralled no, i think in true. this room we're enthralled that scene, like i knew i was like that's it like the that amazing part of their relationship is do you think it's really i mean and not to give away anything that comes in the in the future episodes but just uh, just speaking more in theory i mean do you think, I guess, well, I guess the answer is obvious. I guess some things are unforgivable. It's I mean, unforgivable. It'll never be the same. Again. That's yeah. totally and I unforgivable. Think, I think they, both, they both know yeah. that. That yeah. that moment when yeah. you know that you've done something so wrong yeah. and that you can never return from that. And yeah. and and then, as as we were talking about, then with, with, the, with the baby, that, that argument, and when we were rehearsing that, it was so interesting because, you know, you're both of us. You, the job of an actor is to be the advocate for your character. Yeah. You 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 marry yourself to the to the. Well, you have the, to love them regardless of what they do. Regardless of what they do, you're behind their their, um, you know, their actions and their beliefs and, <laughs> and what, what they're doing. <laughs> and so both of us came into that with you know that struggle over the baby. She wanted she you know Betsy yeah. uh, Marie has her reasons she, for wanting I that baby to out of those there. Children. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and as yeah. a mother, you know. Uh, uh, I I want you know it's like you're not going to take my baby anywhere not, and yeah. so when we were discussing it it was very interesting both of us had re- our powerful very strong reasons for mm-hmm. what needed to happen and why and as mothers um, the actor the people we are as mothers we were very concerned about the the baby the real baby yeah, and how mm-hmm. the struggle would un- yeah. unfold and ensue in terms of um, you know how we would do this, yeah. and so it was really great that we got we had the time to rehearse it the yeah. day before, and then digest it and think about it overnight, yeah. and then yeah. come in and do it the next day. Really I'm fun. curious, also, yeah. just to um, just to touch on this one one last time though, with Skylar. Skylar knows this has been a slow boil this whole time. Skylar knows, and you've been able. I mean, Skylar has been able to think about this situation for you know. I'm not sure what the time of all of this has happened, but it's for been a substantial been a amount of time. Year. I mean, story time. Yeah, it's been, a it's been a substantial yeah. amount of time. Except for her I mean, to she think hasn't about. known about it that long. 
So less than a year. I would yeah, think. yeah, but yeah. some time, at yeah. least a week. You yeah. know what I mean? She's yeah. had some time to think about how all this may play out and think about the struggle that she has. Because there have been a couple of times where Skylar was maybe thinking about telling Marie, almost telling Marie. At this point, Marie has just heard about this, right. just found out. So what is, I mean, as far as Marie's um, position at this point, um, you're just hearing about this. You're confronting your sister, and your um, time to make a decision like this is way quicker than Skylar's time. I mean, you've thought about this for a while, and you know that it's going to come to a head at, eventually. You have had a very small amount of time to think about this. Well, she's trying to, to put it all together right. and make sense of it, sort it out and make sense and of it. And very quickly, though. And, and also, like, there's, because it's so quick and it's so huge, mm-hmm. there's just this whole fog of oh my God, I can't believe it, and not my sister, but she has to, you know, really, like, sort it all out, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like in the back of her mind, she knew, like, I have to ask about, you know, this thing about Hank, but she just didn't want to, I think, because she knew, some part of her knew what the answer was going to be. I really right. wanted you to say no, yeah. you know? Hank's crazy. Yeah. I really wanted yeah. you to say no, but I also love that she didn't lie. That you, that you, that she didn't try and lie to me. Now I'm crying again. You know, crying um, again. And I remember that, even, and that's how I felt when we shot that scene. I, and I, I did I say this to you? Or did I say it to someone? Else? I'm like, I really have no idea what's going on. I'm just trusting you that this is good, and we're getting what we need to. Because you would tell me if you needed something else, but I can't tell. Like I'm so like mm-hmm. around it. Like I just I can't. I, I can't even tell what is happening. You know, both of you just went for it, and that's that's yeah. what makes the. the I don't remember the scene a so lot brilliant. of you what were happened so that in day. It. I remember yeah. moments, mostly when we weren't acting. I do remember after I hit you, and I'd walk away, and then I'd come back and say you didn't say anything. I, like I'd feel nauseous. I just feel like I was just nauseous which I have to say Vince this has really taken a toll on my health (laughs) the last eight episodes and then then the next episode which you will see I'm not saying anything spoily I'm just saying there is a certain scene which my chest was was I had chest pain yeah I had chest pain luckily it was not a heart attack luckily (laughs) I guess but I was like oh my god I am so ready for a comedy well I, I and you've got and by the way you want to plug your new one I'm on Michael J. Fox's new show. You're do I wife. play his wife? Yes, I do. Do I make out with Alex P. Keaton on a regular basis and get paid for it? <laughs> what does that make me? Who cares? It makes me a happy person. And Andy Vogeli is shooting no. our show. Oh, really? Oh, oh nice. Yes. Oh, my God. I was waiting to hear it. I'm so, nice. so wait, very, wait. very excited. So what's the name of the show? It's the Michael J. Fox show. Okay. And Starring. Michael J. Fox. It's called the Michael, Michael J. Fox show. And and then when when is it going to be? Um, Thursday nights on, on NBC this fall, September. We do need to wrap this up, but we cannot no, go. We can't go without without talking <laughs> yeah. about you know the, this pivotal scene at the very end, um, where uh, Jack's crew comes and takes out Declan's oh, crew. I met them. Yeah. I met them all. You met Jack's crew? I met the actors, the actors. The oh, actors, yeah? just all the bad guys yeah. in the hotel bar oh, yeah? where they all stay. And I had the time of my life with them. It was huge. I was there with Jesse Plemons. And oh my God, it was so great to meet them all. They're a sweet bunch of white power guys. They're, oh my yeah, God. They're, yeah, they're a nice bunch of Nazis. They can hold good their lads. liquor. And I, I just adore Nazis. them all. They're good guys. They really, really like, are. They're so good guys. It's so funny to see them, like, show me baby pictures of their kids. Like, You're such a terrible person. With the, tiny, with, the, with the tiny little swastikas in the neck? Yeah. <laughs> no, those are not real, by the way. Those are not real. It goes those without saying, tattoos. I would hope, those tattoos. So can you talk a little bit? I know that um, I heard a, a little, I think a little snippet of a conversation um, the other day uh, when we were up in the editing room. And I don't remember how that conversation happened, but it was something about... Uh, you guys had decided to show to not show the gunfight, and Michelle, I heard that you were begging oh, yeah. to show the gunfight. God okay. love you, Michelle. Let's just, let's just say, put Tom Schnauz and I together, and there's a gunfight, but we don't get to see it. it. Was a little bit torturous, but it was it was it was brilliant. You you know, uh, okay, I'm gonna shamelessly uh, kiss your ass for a moment. Um, I have been lucky enough to direct four episodes that Tom Schnauz has written. Tom and Schnauz he, is really talented, really isn't he? Yeah. Yes. No, I, He's I really mean, talented. I feel like I'm the lucky one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four, wow. four episodes together. I did not I realize just, uh, It is. Yeah. And, and, oh, we uh, will. We will. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you know, it, it starts with it starts with the writing, and and Tom's scripts inspire me visually. The first one was, was, the, um, was the oh go ahead, sorry. Well, no, I was gonna say the first one was the big uh, the cousins getting yeah we did uh, yeah one minute one together. minute yeah one minute the cousins yeah. Yeah. shotgun one. and uh, yeah and then uh, this one mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, so what was the decision um, as far as like not getting to see the gunfight? Money. Money. That's when you should Probably. have set that Although, geocaching I mean, thing. You know, honestly, money and schedule, schedule and money, money and schedule, it's all kind of this one and the same, and it's and it's always a factor on TV, always. But I, I honestly, from the get-go, I just thought it was cooler. I mean, It's also listen, about we, being in Lydia's head. Right? Yes, it's about being in Lydia's oh. head, being in her point of view, because we stay with her down in this bus, the city bus that's buried underground uh, that's been turned into a meth lab. We we stay there. Beautiful but, uh, job, buddy. Beautiful Mark job by Mark oh, Freeborn and W. Yeah. Gilpin and, uh, you guys and really Mar- Michael that Flowers. Bus, right? And, right, right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we had a buried it in money. Yeah. <laughs> but they times we just throw the money around. <laughs> but they uh, that bus. I remember uh, going out on a location scout with you guys and finding that, helping find that bus. I mean, you guys had already found it, well, but, we, but we I were, got to walk in it when it was yeah. on, in a junkyard somewhere. Well, we were scouting for an, uh, something else, and we were in a junkyard. You're That's absolutely right. right. And we walked onto the bus, and you said, "Actually, you know what? This could this could work for the bus." And uh, so we bought the bus. Yeah. And um, the on the actual location, there's just a small hole yeah. and uh, and a ladder and and the, and the lid, and they they lift it up and, the, and they can crawl down into just it. Just half their body down there. Well, Lydia, Laura Fraser's so tiny, she could get down and then Declan could go down about halfway. Gotcha. And then the bus was on stage, of course, and the art department built um, plastic windows that held dust, uh, dirt in them. So yeah. that was real dirt and they put some graffiti on the windows and stuff. But what was amazing about this set was not only what they did outside, but what the Grip and Electric Department did, I mean, excuse me, not only what they did inside, but what the Grip and Electric Department did outside. Because we had to have a whole structure built around this bus to light it and to get cameras on top mm-hmm, of the bus yeah. for looking down and the platform, all the shots where you're looking up at people looking into the bus or looking down where people are in the bus, those are all shot on stage. That's a blue sky above those actors. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a platform and cameras up there and access for people. Yeah. So when you walk on the stage this thing was so impressive from the outside <laughs> and the whole damn thing they got the sawzalls out and the, and the plasma cutters and they, they cut the whole bus into pieces and then welded it back or, or uh, put it on rollers so it could roll around because and, we needed yeah. to when we shot it when you're lo- shooting down the length of the bus you need a place to put the camera and the lights and so they the art department built it and and the grips and everybody in construction built it so that they could s- basically snap off each end so you'd you'd unhook the end you'd roll it on rollers off and we'd be able to shoot one direction wow. then they'd put it back on and then we'd go up to the front and damn and i do never the thought same. about all did that. an amazing yeah, job it was it was and it made it incredibly Doug efficient and his guys and then yeah. mark freeborn yeah. and mike Michael Flowers and, and yeah. uh, 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 Paula, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, all the folks who did such a great job uh, every episode, but this one. And Aubrey's guys and, and Steve Lutecki and, and yeah. this, everybody uh, doing such a great job making yeah. this thing. Michael uh, Flowers, yeah. They, they I just wish we'd see more of it. I do yeah. too. I do too because it's a, it's a lot of work for, for one scene. And well, uh, maybe we do, perhaps. Oh, maybe I'm we do, right. maybe we don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe um, we do. What yeah. I was going to also mention is that we get to see a little bit more of how uh, uh, Todd is um, is uh, falling in love with, got this big crush on Lydia because he wants to shield her from seeing all the dead bodies, the carnage up above. I don't know. Does he in love with her or does he just, is he just very chivalrous in his own demented way? He's a, oh, he's no. a gentleman. What's really funny, too, I'm going to tell people out there is, you know, you guys know these actors so well. And uh, the the actor that plays Jack, Uncle Jack, his name is Mike, right? Michael. Michael. Bond. Michael. Yeah. And and uh, the actor that plays Todd, his name is Jesse. And one, what I found, uh, especially upstairs with uh, the editing crew, we we hear you guys talk about. Okay, um, now when Mike and Jesse are in this one scene, and we're like. What? Wait a minute, Mike and Chet. What are you talking about? Because you guys are referring to Michael Bowen such and Jesse Plemons. Such a great Plemons. bunch of actors. Such a great bunch of guys. Michael Bowen was so great in Jackie Brown and a lot of a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies and and uh, yeah, and Kevin Rankin who plays uh, Kenny does a great job yeah. and uh, and you know and uh, Michael uh, I'm sorry, not uh, not Michael uh, um, I'm sorry um, uh, uh, Louis uh, uh, Ferreira uh, who plays uh, Declan mm-hmm. who unfortunately. Uh, uh, not re- anymore. Not anymore. Who who uh, <laughs> who uh, 
Matt's meets his demise in this. Uh, he's great. He's, um, sorry we didn't get to see more of him, actually. Mm -hmm. So yeah. right before we close up, we, we leave pretty much the episode with Hank has a dilemma because Marie is wanting uh, Hank to go right to the DEA and tell. And Hank has to think this through. Which he should do. Okay. And Hank um, obviously has to think this through. Um because you guys, you know, in the writers' room decided, well, you know, look at the, the ramifications of Hank doing this. And, you know, as a man, it's got to be a little, it's, you know, Marie has one point of view, but as a man, you know, Hank is like, look, this makes me look really bad, you know. Do you know what I should have done? As a DEA agent, as a man, you know. Um, should have given him another hand job to get him to go. <laughs> <laughs> Would that have done it, Tom? Well, we're jumping ahead because when Hank goes in the room with Jesse later on, <laughs> when he go, I always imagine what happens when he goes in there. I, I think hand job. <laughs> you say that about pretty much any pretty scene, no, Tom. But um, but as far as that's where we're leaving the episode, where Hank has this dilemma, and then he realizes that Jesse, Jesse, uh, 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 Jesse Plemons, Jesse Pinkman yeah. is uh, is in custody. Because of the money, the money. Um, from the very beginning, we He's jump back doing all that robbing. Geniusly, you guys have money. done this. It's like wow, what a, what a lot, great my idea. friends, because it just gets better. And that's where we leave the episode. This, yeah, it actually gets less dramatic from here. Yeah, yeah. yeah this this was pretty yeah. much after this my episode the wad. I stopped paying attention. We blew the wad here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we, this has gone on way too long. I'm getting I'm getting uh, Gordon uh, on Gordon the other Smith end here. Gordon Smith is giving us the high side. Who's, uh, who's telling us wrap this up? That's right. Um, and he's right. This is this has been great. Nice. Thank you guys so much for coming in. I will say, everybody, this is a Saturday. Uh, and uh, we are all here uh, just to talk about the show, and you see how much we've enjoyed it. Um, Betsy, thank you for coming. My pleasure. Anna, thank you so much for coming. Thanks. It was great to have both of you here. Tom Schnauz, as always, great I've to have you. I've loved working on the show. <laughs> thank you, Vince, so much for letting me be part of it. <laughs> Michelle, as always, thank you so much. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much. Absolutely. And Vince, thank you for... Uh, you know everybody, and my assistant Chris, who's running the board there. I got a shout Yay. out to Chris, Chris. Um, and Gordon for coordinating all of this. Ooh. Thank you so much. Wait, Tom didn't get. I mean, Vince didn't get to say goodbye. Uh, uh, good, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, everybody. Everybody, listen. Uh, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, excuse me. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week when we're going to talk about episode five eleven, which is oh my god. It's just, oh my god. It wait, wait oh till just wait till you see. It's this was my favorite episode of the season. So this is my favorite episode five ten. Yeah. You know, it, this is my favorite. This one. This is a great one. This is my favorite one. Um, uh, directed. Uh, this one no, was wait. buried. Which one's the favorite one? This one. This one five ten is my favorite one. Well, we've um, already talked about this. So you're saying it's all downhill from here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's all downhill. Um, She'll say that um, next week. Five ten. Five ten. Directed by Michelle McLaren. Written by Tom Schnauz. It's called buried. Next week, uh, the episode is called Confessions, and it's uh, written by Jenny Hutchinson. Yes. And uh, directed by Michael Slovis. So uh, we will see y'all next don't week. Don't watch that one because it's awesome. We will see you all next week. Uh, so everybody, go break bad. <laughs>